This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I've got James Weir with me today, a senior reporter from news.com.au. Welcome, James. James, g'day. It's great to have you here. Look, some interesting things to talk about. You, I want to investigate recaps. Right. I want to talk reality TV, of course, Married at First Sight. I want to talk a bit about Martha. I want to talk about and the pressures of being a major metropolitan newspaper columnist, mate. Right, okay. Which is a role you've been doing for a little while now. But first of all, it'd be good to start with a little bit about because a lot of people read your stuff, but um but you you keep in the background a bit. I mean you don't some columnists they're sort of out there in your face a little bit um, but you sort of you let your work do the talking in a way I think uh, people know you from radio I guess and you get a bit of a sense about you but tell me about the, the James Weir story Ah oh, the James Weir story well uh, yeah I don't like to do much just because I assume that everyone hates me uh, so <laughs> And I like to uh, maintain the mystery there. Yeah. Um, You're probably, and that's okay with you too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, particularly reality people. I mean, if you go to too many events, they bail you up and ask why you turned their mum into a meme, and then you've got to try and explain it, James, and uh, it all becomes a little bit overwhelming because uh, <laughs> right. you're worried that you're going to get glassed like, uh, like that second last episode of Married at First Sight. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I started out, uh, you know, in studying journalism and then in uh, newspapers up at the Courier Mail. I'm working there just for a little bit. Um, so you're in Queensland? Yeah, yeah. Brisbane? Uh, no, North Queensland, so okay. Mackay. Oh, Mackay. Yeah. Mackay. yeah lots of good things about Mackay. Right, okay. <laughs> Big Italian community up there, um, lovely food. Yeah, like some that, beaches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, moved to Brisbane and then... Um, uh, retrained in radio uh, down here at Afters in Sydney um, okay. with little bits of ABC and then Kyle and Jackie O and then went back to writing here at News Corp. Yeah, yeah. Did you go through Afters with anybody interesting who's done very well in radio or anything like that? Uh, lots of interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Caitlin Dinava, she um, was hosting uh, The Breakfast Show on, uh, on uh, Triple R over in Perth um, uh-huh. before coming back over here for Double J. Uh, Shad Wicker, who recently ran into a little bit of trouble uh, with the, uh, do you remember the ScoMo C-word mug? Yeah. That was Shad Wicker, oh, wow. who I went, and I wasn't surprised when that happened. <laughs> But disappointed to see the outcome. But he's back on top. I think he's doing stuff for Nova now um, uh, up in Brisbane. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And do you like writing more than sort of production and radio work? I like both. I think, uh, I mean, both kind of stress me out, but they're different kinds of stresses. Um, I think uh, I really love doing the radio, but I probably, uh, probably get a little bit more nervous about wanting that to be perfect rather than the writing stuff because I know how to make that perfect. Yeah. Whereas, and you can always kind of go back before you publish it and edit it, whereas with broadcast, it's kind of what you've said <laughs> is out there and that can sometimes get you into some trouble. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, as someone who's now solely in digital media, we used to had a bit of a print background. It's it's nice being able to make those changes. Straight, it is, yeah. Away. It's a... You know, wow, it, you go, wow, it's fixed as opposed to sort of looking at there. And, and then worrying forever. about what's going to happen over the next 12 hours now that it's out there. And <laughs> now tell me, because you're known for your, your interesting take on things, right? Your sense of humour, the way you, you know, send stuff up, a bit of parody. Uh, are you under a bit of pressure to always be funny? Yeah, yeah. I think people... Do you think, ex- do you think like, it'd be nice to write something straight and... 
Uh, I probably don't. I mean, sometimes if, you know, if, you know, particularly with the recaps, I guess, I mean, Married at First Sight, that was 41 episodes, uh, four episodes a week over two and a half months. Um, you know, there are some days where you just don't really feel like writing 1,500 words about a glassing attack at a dinner party, um, but you've got to do it. And, um, you know, I've been doing it for five years, so you've got people who come back night after night to read what you've had to say. So there is a bit of pressure to to make it really good because you want, you know, you want people people who are, you know, enjoying it or relying on it or expect it to be a certain standard. You want to match that every time. Uh, and nothing's worse than, you know if you get a tweet from someone going, oh, it wasn't your best, you know, you, you really, and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah tough crowd. Um, and sometimes in those circumstances, uh, you know, those situations you do wish, oh, I'd really just like to write a straight report about ScoMo today. But, <laughs> <laughs> but both have their challenges. Sure, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about recapping then, because there was a time, I think it was a short time, when publications and websites wondered if they should be just recapping everything. Yeah. And everything nearly did get recapped. Yeah. And then it pulled right back. And now there's only a couple of shows. Yeah. I mean, it really comes down to the um, the format of the show. And, um, and that can change as well. Shows that were great to recap a few years ago aren't necessarily great to recap now. Like you said, everyone was just you know, throwing crap at the wall maybe about five years ago trying to do recaps of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and My Kitchen Rules and MasterChef. And I think really those particular shows, they don't lend themselves properly to the recap genre. Um, in terms of the, the characters that they cast, um, the way that they're storylined, uh, the drama that naturally occurs on those, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with MasterChef, um, you know, that's probably just a little bit too fam- family-friendly. Uh, it's the same with... I'm a celeb. I mean, they probably call for one-offs, um, like just, you know, one-off stories of something if a moment happens. Um, but with a show like, say, The Bachelor or, or Married at First Sight, uh, you've really got those dramatic characters. And with maths particularly, you've got storylining, a lot of thought going into that storylining where it is almost like uh, like a scripted drama it's treated like with the way it's arced over two months. Um, and that's, you know, what makes it really great to, to recap. With... So you've so have you done five seasons of six Married? of Married at First Sight? There was a year they did two series in a year. Oh, so, yeah. so you've done all seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And it's changed a lot over those five years. The I mean, I would think you've got some, maybe not a huge. I don't know how you could argue about how big a role, but you've got something to do with the success, surely. Ah, oh, depends on who you ask. <laughs> but, I mean, there was... But it can be no coincidence. Right. Well, I mean, oh. if you do go back to that very first series five years ago, I mean, the show was drastically different. I mean, it was based on the Danish format that it was purchased off, um, and, and it was really close to, to what, you know, that original series was in the overseas, um, uh, with the overseas genre. Um you know, and it was six episodes, uh, one episode a week. It was really fly on the wall, almost like an SBS documentary was the style. It wasn't, it wasn't slick and shiny like it is now. There were no dinner parties. The experts weren't watching things on CCTV footage. You know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't that advanced. And over the next year, they start to add a few more people and, and, and expand the series a little bit um, and explore how much more the experts interact uh, and explore in. Um, in putting them in situations that, that naturally lend themselves to drama. Um, and then they added the dinner parties and then, the, you know, so it naturally builds up. Um, but certainly, you know, when we were, I mean, the audience has then grown over the five years and so has the popularity of the recaps as well. 
Yeah. The do you get looked after by the broadcaster? Do they sort of You do. You do, do they appreciate and understand that you probably help, you know. Right. They are when you say looked after, I mean they certainly you know, they uh they help you get the uh the episodes ahead of time sometimes. Right. But you know, and that can be a few hours, but you know, it doesn't always mean that you've got them days and days and days in advance, you know, with and it changes for each show. Um, you know, with The Bachelor, you get that at three or four in the afternoon, you know, oh, really? th- that it goes to air and then you've got to watch oh. it. It takes, you know, two hours sometimes, you know, to watch because you're stopping, transcribing, screenshotting. So you're almost doing it live. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 you are. Which must be the worst way to do it. It is, case. yeah. Because <laughs> you've got to hit, because people expect it to be up as soon as the show finish, finishes. So yeah. that's really your deadline mm. uh, is when it um, finishes, uh, you know, airing. Um, and with Married at First Sight, I mean, changes are happening down to the wire on that show and they can be editing on the day. And with those last two episodes, I mean... Uh, Shine Endemol weren't sending it to nine until that afternoon and then they upload it to a screening room and that takes time. So you're not getting it till four, you know, in the afternoon. Yeah. Have you ever recapped something and they've done an edit? Yeah, I have. I've asked you, though, would you mind yeah, having a look? And, uh, or not after I've published, but there was, I mean, there was an incident and I wrote about it so I don't, I feel like I can talk about it. Sure. Um, maybe like two or three seasons ago. It was when things were starting to get really explosive, explosive and they were really experimenting with, um, with their storylining. And um, again, it was a down-to-the-wire edit. It was a Sunday afternoon. I got the episode at maybe three in the afternoon or, you know, two in the afternoon. Maybe it was even the day before. And I watched it, I wrote it, and then I get a, a frantic call at five in the afternoon saying, oh, we've actually just got, you know, you've just got to watch the last 20 minutes because something, the storyline doesn't add up. You've actually got to change it. And it was in one of the the final episodes, a couple, Susan and Sean, um, the episode I had originally watched, they both chose to stay together um, in their final vow commitment ceremony. And in the new episode that I got, she dumps him. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it was a completely different storyline. It was a completely different ending. It was a completely different decision. Um, you know, and because you had got a, you know, there, you know, I wrote a story about how the, uh, you know, how that, it was just a completely different storyline that producers are actually changing it. I don't know whether they still do that now. They're probably a little bit more strict um, because these days it's so hard to keep a secret like that. Um, but, yeah, they weren't happy and they did ask me not to do that. <laughs> sure. And I guess it, would part of you think you don't want to get too close to it anyway? You'd like yeah. to be an observer yeah. from a distance? Totally, and, totally. And that really frees you up to just you know yes be completely your own yeah and that's why we you know i don't uh when you talk about sort of being looked after by the show it's you know i feel like i've got a very good working relationship with the team at nine uh and at shine endemol they appreciate the work that you do um when you meet them face to face everything's always great um but you know you never want to be pals with them or you never want to do favors because if a story like that does happen with the endings you know the storyline changes and you know it, well, you want to be able to report on it and not have it affect the relationship. Uh, Also, I think, you know, what people really like about the recaps of these shows is they know you are completely independent to the the production companies and the, um, you know, I I think even, you know, nine or, um, you know, ten are even doing their own recaps now of their own shows. But really as a consumer, you kind of think, do I want to go there and just get their 
a very polite take on it, um, knowing that they've got to be friendly to their own content, um, you know, and how, how hard is it going to go on their own content or are they going to um, be a bit polite, you know, to the contestants so they don't hurt their feelings, whereas with ours it's completely set apart and they know that you're just going to say what you want. Some people seem worried or upset about, you know, things being concocted and not authentic, but I think other viewers probably don't care. They yeah. just want to enjoy the product. Yeah. Where do you sit with I, that? And I think, yeah, I think a lot of people know that these days... Uh, I mean, it's the same with, I think, most, most of the things in media. It's the same with breakfast radio shows or even, you know, the way newspapers or online media work. Uh, consumers who are outside of the media bubble, they all know how it works these days, thanks to industry podcasts or thanks to industry articles and TV shows like Unreal that kind of send up the process of it. Everyone knows how it works. People aren't idiots anymore. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Nine, maybe not doing so much of those tricky little changes like with the ending and uh, and really crafting things because they know it eventually gets out. These days with social media, it only takes, you know, a scorn contestant to, you know, come out and just say, well, this is actually what happened and um, you know a producer who doesn't work there anymore who got treated like crap coming out and talking anonymously to a magazine and saying how the process worked so it's hard to keep those things under wraps so um, I think people know that with reality TV there is a certain kind of uh, curation uh, and uh, that goes into it and crafting Um, but you also kind of submit to it because you know that to an extent it's got to be kind of truthful Mm. Mm. How sincere do you think Nine is? I guess we'll talk about maths in particular. When they say, you know, when Hugh Marks, the CEO, mm. says, yeah. you know, yeah, we should pull back a bit. It should be a bit more about love. But then on the other hand, the ratings come in. I know. So yeah. I guess they're a bit torn. Yeah. And, I mean, they were even having that conversation last year <laughs> with the Dean and Davina thing because that was, again, the it hadn't really reached that level yet, the series in its four years back then. Um, so this was kind of a new height it was in, and it was new territory for them. And I remember when it aired, um, Channel 9 were having conversations afterwards saying, um, you know, did we go too far? They were re-evaluating whether they even sort of a, maybe not abandon the, the, the affair storyline but talk about how much they put in uh, you know, um, and how much they show and whether they go into the dirty text messages because I think their main concern was with Married at First Sight, I mean, you're getting a really broad audience, basically the audience that My Kitchen Rules was getting. Um, but their concern is, do you lose, with salacious storylines like that, do you lose the more conservative, older top end of the demo and then the younger, younger, younger end of the demo because the older end is stopping their kids from watching it? So you're really kind of only left with the middle. Um, but what they saw last year was that wasn't the case. The ratings just kept going. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. The... Um, the would it be fun? It must be fun casting a show like Married, I would have thought. I think so, they're yeah. They're pretty interesting choices, and you've got to think they're pretty good choices. Yeah, they're fantastic. Fend- I mean, large, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they out of any TV show in Australia that Australia's ever seen um, in terms of reality, I mean, it's, it's casting like we've never seen before, um, and it's just the best. I know that they go through a very... Uh, you know, a very long, strict, you know, lengthy process to try and get the best people that they can. Um, and every year it's always this conversation, you know, um, whether you're in it or outside it, of how are they going to top it, you know, next year. I mean, last year with um, the cheating scandal, 
I remember even thinking, how are they going to top that? You know, because can you top it and still be believable is also the thing. And can you do it in a way um, that doesn't make it look like it's been stunt cast, which is a trap that I think The Bachelor fell into um, a while ago when they were trying to make it a little bit, you know, more edgy or a little bit more racy. It's, you know, they would chuck different girls or guys in just to cause some drama and and it, then it you know would come at their actors and, and it comes down to that believability thing do people submit to it or the, do, do they believe it and does it even matter um so yeah you and i think that's what channel nine do kind of well with uh with the married at first sight uh casting is they do it in a way that's shocking but it doesn't seem fake or stunt cast mm. um and i think we saw that this year i guess with the with the virgin storyline <laughs> which they really pumped out i think in the second week um yeah. I think that you know they burned through a lot really early on. Yeah, the, I mean where they go. I mean they could, the show's at almost at a level now. I think where they could probably pull back a little bit next year because they've kind of got that audience the there. Audience yeah, yeah. They don't really need to push it even further now, do they? Do you think? Well, how do you push it further? I mean, <laughs> do we have do we have a group situation, James? Well, maybe. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting when you think about it, though. You can you can talk about stuff. But visually, you can never go anywhere near it, can you, really? What do you mean visually? Well, like a bare breast on TV. Right, okay, yeah. The station would nearly lose its licence, wouldn't it? Mm. But you can talk about all sorts of things. And, yeah. You know, I mean... Not, we're, we're, there's a, we're in a, a weird time where there's, where there's a lot of conservatism to a point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with the visual stuff, maybe that's something they could experiment with <laughs> next year and kind of go into uh, censorship and blurring because we saw it, and I'm only half joking about that, because we yeah. saw it with the, um, you know, with the big C-word scandal yeah. uh, this year. Who thought that, you know, at a, you know, a show that starts at 7 o'clock on a Sunday night, that they would not only just drop the C-word, but drop it about seven times throughout the show um, and get, a, you know, get around it. And, yeah, online petitions started, but about 10 were started for this show, this series. Um, and nothing happens with them because no one takes online petitions seriously and it still gets the ratings. So it's going to offend people and it's going to get negative headlines. Um, but well, it, it's sort of good though, isn't it? Yeah. If you're not doing that, you think, well, what are we doing wrong? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to see, a, you know, Pete and Manu's bare breasts on my kitchen <laughs> rules, but we might see it on Married at First Sight next year. Well, there you go. You, you're giving them some great ideas. <laughs> with this show, Married at First Sight, there's... <coughs> I didn't realise until this week, and I actually went looking. Mm. There's quite a lot of recapping. There is, yeah, isn't there? yeah. And I didn't realise how much the genre is saturated now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you're obviously. I mean, we love your stuff. The one, and I won't get you to comment on it, but but Mamma Mia had an interesting one. They had twins, yeah, doing it. Two journalists who work for that thing, and they're twins. Yeah, and, and I found. And they were obviously younger, and but I found that quite interesting. Their sort of take on it. Yeah. Um, so that's Claire and Jesse over at Mummy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you they're know great. much about that? I or? don't know. I don't know much about them. Um, and when it comes to other recaps as well, particularly with shows that I do, I don't read other people's because I don't want, want mine influenced. Know. Yeah, or I don't want to be. I don't Plus know. You're busy doing yours as well. Right, right. And um, but even just in terms of uh, recaps outside of shows that I do, I've never been a recap reader, so I don't know what other people do. Um, but I do think you know from talking to other people um, about other ones that are sort of out there or get done at the moment. I mean, they all serve. We, everyone has a different audience and a different purpose. I think you know at Mamma Mia, you probably and this is just probably me just assuming. Um, 
but I think more of their readers are probably more fans of the show rather than people looking at it with a raised eyebrow, which is more of our audience uh, at news.com.au and with the Mastheads here at News Corp as well. Um, You know, it's probably, you know, a bit bit of an older audience. Um, But, you know, with mine, I think you've really kind of, you've got to please a lot of people and a broad mix of people so you're getting people who are fans of the show so you don't want to make them feel like an idiot for watching the show you want to make them feel smart for watching the show with the kind of observations that you pull um and then with people who hate watch the show you want to satisfy them as well as people who don't even watch the show at all but if they're clicking on your story on whatever website um you know, they, they've they got to get something out of it. They've got to be able to follow and know what you're talking about um, and still get some pleasure out of it as well. The Is there scope? I mean, we talked before about how there used to be a lot more um, recapping than there is now. Is there scope for it to come back a little bit? Because, you know, when everybody piles on, then everybody piles off. Yeah. But then there's maybe room for people to do more i mean could you do recapping other than tv well that's what we that's what i did last year so i was doing that with um i mean i was recapping the commonwealth games last year and um and that was interesting um the opening ceremonies but also events and different sports that happened there i mean we were i was doing recaps of the uh world cup opening ceremony with robbie williams and the um uh, different kind of uh, the royal wedding uh, things like that so we've kind of taken the genre and applied it to those big newsy events um, because really all it comes down to I think there's probably some connotations as well with the word recap um, people see it as much more of a kind of bloggy uh, kind of style um, and they don't really see it as something that would that would feature on a traditional news medium um, but really all it is is observing and people watching um, you know, and it's really just another version of a column these days. I mean, uh, columns over the years have went, you know, political columns or personal columns. All you're doing, uh, you know, it's it's the same kind of uh, science that goes into that, that goes into a recap. And you absolutely can just take it and apply it to a whole different, you know, to, 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 to different news events, um, as long as everything has a character and a storyline, really. Yeah. I mean, it's a... It's a good gig to have if you can do that. Yeah. It? Because you get to do lots, sample lots of different things. Yeah, yeah. And, and put your take on it. Look, can I, I want to ask you a little bit a bit more about married. The How many couples did we end up with? Now, I'm a sort of casual observer of right. the show. So how, many, how much love was there at the end of the season? Oh, Do we get I think, two couples? Uh, yeah, two couples, maybe three, um, but definitely two, That's Martha right. and Michael and then Jules and Cam. Um, Martha and Michael, who knows, but Jules and Cam, they were, you know, he proposed to her and apparently they're very happy. Um, so it's not a bad ratio, really. It's not a bad ratio, but I'm maybe not... Maybe more than other years? Yeah, I don't think any other couple <laughs> has ever stayed together on the show. I mean, they, the, they, the show has ended with people staying together, but they haven't lasted. Okay. Um, Zoe and Alex from the very, very first series, they didn't get married, but they had a baby, I think, but they're not together anymore. And I'm not invested in these people's happiness, James. <laughs> No, I, I was getting, I was going to use this as a way in. I, I mentioned right. Martha before because yeah. the, Nielsen had some interesting data they put out this morning about people who are engaged most via social media and Martha was way out there at the top of the list. I mean, she wasn't someone who got a lot of sort of coverage probably because that 
they were sort of well matched and pretty much a couple. There wasn't too much drama going on. Why did someone like her work so well on socials? Uh, she was dividing, and that's the thing, because okay. people couldn't decide whether she was a good guy or a bad guy. Um, ultimately, watching the show, she was the you know a bit of a mean girl in the sense that um, you know you had the just tragic messes like Jessica, who goes and cheats on a bunch of people, but she doesn't really know what she's doing. Um, you know, and you had Cyrell who's going around choking people and glassing people. Um, but those actions are really overt, whereas yeah. Martha's, she kind of stood back and was almost kind of um, tried to be a bit of a puppet master. And I think that's what uh, unsettled a lot of people and started a lot of social conversation uh, because it was she would do something, but if it, if it was against you know, one of these other people who was also controversial, it's, oh, well, are we on her side? But we kind of hate both of them. And, you know, is she a mean girl? Is she not? Uh, she kind of redeemed herself there. Um, oh, what about Michael? He seems really nice, but could he really be with someone like that? And, you know, there was a lot about her that didn't make sense and that didn't quite, um, you know, you just really couldn't put your finger on whether you liked her or whether you didn't, whether you were on her side or whether you weren't. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, that's down to the clever casting, I guess, yeah. isn't it? Because what an ideal person to have there, as well as the obvious train wrecks. Yeah, And yeah. then the, you know... And, and that's... then the people who are just really a bit plain but really in love, and then you've got this sort of master manipulator in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole... I mean, that's the whole science of the show as well, not only with those individual castings like Martha, um, but the whole show, it relies on conversation, and that's why it, it lends itself so well to the recap genre, but also the social audience, um, the nightly social audience... Um, and then just the next day, the breakfast shows, the extra articles that are written about it and around the office conversation. I mean, it's it's the talkability that's associated with the show and the arguments that come with it the, and the debates and the conversation. Yeah. Um, I won't keep you too much longer because, mate, you're, you're, we're in your workplace <laughs> today, so you've probably got to be turning out something. But tell me, what's your... TV viewing like as uh, a, for relaxation or your own entertainment? Right. Well, is this it is very different. Yeah, it's <laughs> really different. I mean, if it, I was never a big reality TV watcher before it was my job. Um, and I don't know that it would be if it wasn't my job still. Um, and certainly, um, you know, when I go home, because you've got to spend hours of your day just watching this stuff, um, just relentlessly. You don't even dip in and dip out. I mean, you've got to be watching every little move so you that you don't miss anything no you? because you you know you're thinking okay well how are we gonna how are we gonna talk about this now as soon as it finishes airing but also what are people going to be talking about in 12 hours at 6 a.m when they're you know up you know getting public transport to work once people have sat and slept on it and they've kind of thought more about it what are they going to be saying and how how is their perspective going to have changed so you're really thinking just way too much about such a silly show um but then when you get home like i don't like to experiment with new shows that come out because I don't want to be disappointed because I've really got an hour between like getting home after a show like this and then getting to bed and doing you know getting up and doing it all again so I like it's so embarrassing James I just watch the Gilmore Girls on loop oh. yeah because they're never gonna let me down do you do you like nights off from OTV yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I just sit and I stare at the wall <laughs> Um, tell me about your Sunday Tally column. Now, that started in 2018? Yeah, last year, last yeah. year, about a year ago. Oh, well, 12 months. That's pretty mm. good holding down a... Because you get the inside back. Yeah, 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 on the Sunday Tally. Pretty uh, prominent spot there. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Um, so we've also got it up in the... Uh, we've got it syndicated in the Sunday Mail in Queensland and the Herald Sun in Melbourne. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's been going for about 12 months, and it's really kind of the same 
I mean, it's just the same voice and tone that we use for the for the recaps, um, but just kind of a, applying to you know a big moment that's happened during the week. This week it was uh, Natalie Joyce's Revenge Body. I really wanted to release a Nat Joyce Revenge Body app, James, yeah. um, and I've written about it a few times. And I have a feeling people are googling it, thinking that it's actually a thing. Wow! Um, and I really want to patent it. <laughs> <laughs> How many words? It's quite a long conversation. Yeah, what I think you, when they... What do you t- need? Uh, 800 or 1,000? No, well, when they told... Like, when we were um, talking about it, I think I was only... I think I was told 800, but then I kind of... it's on, I blow it out to 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So you... Is it... Because um, that's a pretty hard deadline. Well, you've got hard deadlines all the time, I guess. You, but... Um, but that's a bit more creative, isn't it? Because you can do anything, at least with your recaps. Yeah, you, you know, know that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's fifteen hundred words, down, but it's you on do that. It, but but the other one, you've got a takes a bit more think time, doesn't it? It does, and because like you know anything sort of in the week in the um, in the weekend paper, you kind of got to file it a day or two before. Um, so you got to really pre- you know again, it comes down to the similar with the recaps you kind of predict what people are going to be thinking 12 hours from now when they're reading it um with the column you're kind of predicting how this little story that i've made fun of now how is it going to have developed and changed um you know uh until you know two days later when when sunday hits and what as well you know it's so hard i think when you're if you're a writer and you're um if you're a humor writer um these days it kind of almost makes it yeah, it it does make it difficult uh, with, you know, with the, with the rise of social media and just people making those snap jokes. And it's the same with the recaps. Um, people are making just, you know, snap jokes and snap observations. And you really, you don't want to repeat that. So again, it's about trying to push it forward and think, okay, well, where else can we get humour that those surface jokes haven't already been made? Um, and then it's the same with the Sunday column as well. Like with Nat Joyce, you know, you think, okay, well... That happened on Thursday. It's been through Arvo Drive shows on radio, um, Thursday afternoon, breakfast radio shows, Friday afternoon, you know, maybe someone's already written a column about it for the Saturday papers. What else are you going to say about it? Um, and trying to just have to, you've really then got to go to like seven levels deeper um, to try and approach it at a different way to what everyone else has. Sure, sure. The um, I should mention the Colin Jackie O show too because... How how long have you been on there talking maybe, about married? Maybe five or six years. Yeah. Oh, so again, pretty much all that. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to work for them. So I was their producer for a little bit. Um, well, they were still at today. No, no. They, so just they had when just, they yeah, just moved to kiss. So they had just moved to kiss. Um, and so I was there in that launch team uh, when they in 2014 when they launched in January. Um, so I was producing there, and then I went back to writing here. And um, but when I left, it was. Um, you know they're fantastic, and um, and DB, the content director there, um, is great. So it's always been an open conversation about um, you know if you've got an idea or you think you can talk about something, uh, let's see what we can do. And so that's where it started with you know transposing the reality TV recaps into TV segments. Then the next day, how often are you on talking about married? Uh, it, de- and so on? it depends. So it really just comes down to whether um, whether Big you've got enough gear. Or... Yeah, okay. and it come you know unlike the when you're writing the recaps you've got to fill that blank space four days a week when it's on no matter what um but just because you've been able to write you know 1500 words on it for that night doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be a really great segment you know the next day because when you go on um the brief is really you drive you know it's 10 minute segment you drive it um 
maybe they've watched it, maybe they haven't had time to watch it. So it all then comes down to you. So you've got to know what points you've got to hit. It's got to be funny. You've got to get to your jokes. You've got to get to your grabs. Um, and sometimes there just isn't enough gear in there to make it just a really good, strong, funny segment, which is what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, two days a week or one day a week, three days a week, depending on how much you got. I'm guessing that uh, time in radio has been good for your journalism too because it's they're very um, they can be punishing on time, can't they? You know, and yeah, and that's what I re- yeah that's what I really loved about particularly with the Kyle and Jackie O show. Like when you're producing on that show, it's you know something you can decide whether something's going to happen or whether it's not going to happen within 30 seconds of it. You know of that point being there. Um, and you've got to just get it done. And there isn't a, a question of, oh, if, can, you get, can you get this? It's just get it done, yeah. you know? And that's, uh, that's kind of my approach to deadlines as well. But it's always down to the wire with me. Yeah. Well, Kyle's, one of his skills is being a great sort of, um, he can really measure yeah. the audience. Yeah. Tolerance for certain things, can't he? Yeah. And, um, and you wonder how sometimes, but he, he just seems to know. Yeah, and knowing how far you can push something, and, yeah, and, and knowing too, of course, totally, yeah. and and both of them, and knowing knowing that even if you overstep the mark, knowing how to fix it in an instant, and it's great being able to see that as well, and that certainly helped as well with you know with opinion writing or if you're making jokes as well, and knowing to push to a certain point or even sort of stepping over it a little bit and if you just left it there it might be offensive but then redeeming it in the next paragraph uh, and making it more affectionate than what it sort of first appeared to be which I think is what they're really great at. So all these years on maths I reckon all your stuff that would make a great compendium. It would make a great what, sorry? A book. A, a book. I don't know whether people would read it. season. Well, I reckon they would. Do you reckon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean it's a I mean, I don't want to devalue it by saying a joke, but uh, a great relaxation thing or a bit of a laugh. You could sort of flick through anywhere yeah. and just pick out things, you know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I always think... Because there's I'm, enough there now. Yeah, gotta, and the storylines are there and the characters are there and there's the end points, you know, yeah. and, and the beats that it needs to hit. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm like... And they're all there on nine now, I guess. The, yeah, they are, the they are. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I always think of reality shows. I mean, they're so conversation-based. Um and it just, you know, it powers forward. And I always think, why would people go back and watch that? Or why would people go back and read a recap? It's already happened. Everyone's already spoke about it. If you've missed the boat, you've kind yeah. of missed it. There's no point. But people do. It's yeah. Yeah. But still maybe books, that's me and my age. Right. <laughs> the audience, you can put it all on the web somewhere. Maybe. access and that's, you know. But, uh, but I guess there is still a book, book market, isn't there? There's yeah. People do enjoy books. Look, James, look, been great talking to you today. Thanks for um, giving up some of your time. Um, what What's next on the horizon? Where could we next see you regularly about right thing you're not doing paradise are you no 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 maybe just some one-off pieces when when the mess calls for it james <laughs> uh but uh, the sunday column uh yeah. obviously every sunday sure. um in all the national papers um and uh we'll just be doing kind of what we were doing last year with elevating that recap genre applying it to big events uh maybe maybe dabble in some election stuff i was gonna say they're gonna let you loose on the uh, maybe oh that'd be fun shorten and i don't know what's coming <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we'll see if it calls for it we'll look forward to it. Thanks for talking to us. Cheers.